Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Miswick Gardening, and May is probably one of the busiest times in a homesteader's calendar. The last of the frosts are passing, which means that we're trying to get plants out in the garden and things get growing ASAP. And there's lots of other things that we're doing, right? There always seems to be loads more activities that we're trying to do in May, um, as well as juggling work and home and all the other good stuff. So let's talk about some gardening tasks in May that are going to help get your garden on the right track. So let's dig in. Number one, turn your compost. That probably isn't going to be a surprise if you are a regular listener. May's weather is usually starting to get a lot warmer, the days are getting longer, so give your compost heap a little bit of love. Turn your compost to add in air, mix up the materials, and check to see how much moisture is in there. Remember, it wants to feel like a wrung out sponge, right? Just just a little moist. Um, It's also a really good opportunity for you to take out uh, the compost that is ready and spread it on the garden beds. And we want to be aiming for about two inches of compost that's added to the garden bed. And that's going to help your plants grow healthy and strong. Now, I'm going to share a little tip with you when it comes to spreading compost. And if you have compost that is mostly broken down, there's some bits and pieces in there that you can still tell what it is. Maybe it's bits of straw or grass clippings, some other stuff. Um, there's there's a few plants that you can grow which don't mind this compost that is not quite finished yet. Um, there's other plants that are very picky, like melons are one of them. Like They, they don't deal well with this kind of trashy compost stuff Um, but tomatoes are great and can be planted in this not quite fully composted compost so if you're looking at your seedlings and you're starting to worry that if you don't get them in the ground soon you're not going to have a harvest then spread the not quite fully composted compost on your garden bed use a gardening fork or a hand cultivator or even a trowel to turn in the compost and by that I mean you're mixing this partially composted material into the top one to eight inches of the soil and then you're going to plant your tomato seedlings into that. Um, Some other plants that do quite well with this not quite fully composted compost method are winter squash, sunflowers and peas and as things break down from this composted material it's going to feed the plants. Task number two record notes in your garden journal okay I know this isn't everybody's favorite but taking notes about the weather when you planted what you planted and where um it's going to provide you with so much more information in the coming growing seasons for you to refer back to as you hone your you know growing your own food on your own land right you're going to have a better understanding of how things grow in your garden where they grow best um get a understanding of the microclimates that are going on in your area like I know there's certain beds in my garden that I can start growing things in so much earlier than some of the other garden beds because I've taken really good notes so take some time to record notes in your garden journal and if you're wondering what goes on in a garden journal then there is a podcast episode all about that that you can check out too number three Get ahead of the weeds. 
Okay, um, grab your garden hoe and hoe out the weeds whilst they're small and before they become a thicket. Hoeing each week in the garden is going to help keep the weeds manageable. Trust me, I have left patches and I have had weeds that have been almost as tall as I am and they are a pain in the butt to deal with, right? When they get bigger, they are a pain. And remember the old adage, one year's seeding, seven years weeding. So we want to kind of keep them down. And if you get to them before they're seeding, that's perfect. Just chop them there and drop them, you know, back right on the ground. You don't have to be, you know, sort of pulling out all of these seeds by hand or these seedlings of weeds by hand. You can just kind of hoe them down and leave them be. Or, you know, you can chop them back or uproot them, pull them up by hand and then just kind of stick them on top of the soil because they're going to dry out and then they're going to break down, right? As long as you're getting them before they are flowering, before they're dropping seeds, um, that's going to help. Um, there are some plants though, like bindweed and stuff like that, that you don't really want to be leaving on the soil surface if you can help it. So um, try and get that out as much as you can. But really keeping um, on top of the weeds is going to be your best friend moving forwards because nobody wants to get out there and weed for hours on end and then just kind of look up and you've still got you know more and more weeds to go it's so much easier to get a hoe down the rows if you're growing in rows or around your garden beds and stuff whilst they're small all right number four is airing your row covers and greenhouse. So if you've got things like plastic hoop houses, cold frames, um, or a greenhouse, you want to open them up and air them out on warm sunny days. Things are going to get hot really fast under the cover. And now um, as frosts are starting to pass, you're not going to be really needing them um, for much longer so it's a good opportunity for you to let some air in there and allowing the air to circulate is going to help reduce fungal disease problems it's going to reduce the heat that's happening in there because it can get really hot and it's going to cook your plants um so you know make sure that you air out those row covers and greenhouses you know take them down if needed and you know if you've got a little bit of time on your hands it's a good time to kind of clean things out a little bit um you know pests and diseases often build up in our greenhouses and in our row covers and things so it's a good time to get in there and give things a, a bit of a scrub and a clean um, and help deter some of those pests and remove um, the problems of diseases. All right number five is get planting and I'm sure this is the one that you were waiting for so I'm going to break it down into different zones and what can be planted in those zones. So let's start with zones three to five. You could be sowing carrots, lettuce, kale, onions, leeks, peas and spinach outdoors if your soil is warm. Um, if it's a little on the warmer side, um, usually towards the end of May, then you can be sowing beets and they're grown, they all grow so much more fast um, if it's towards the end of May. Um, if it's a little cooler on the temperatures and um, beets can be a little bit finicky, finickety is that a word um it is now <laughs> um but you know there's a good opportunity um for you to um sow more of these plants too throughout the growing season and um, you can also be planting um starts or seedlings of broccoli kale lettuce spinach cabbage brussels sprouts if you like brussels sprouts um and cauliflower and those can go directly outdoors 
those plants can kind of handle a little bit of of the later frosts that are hanging on too and um, you could also consider to start an asparagus patch or even a rhubarb patch for perennial seasonal favorites and they're going to grow and get better over the years so if you are planting asparagus don't expect next year that you're going to be getting a harvest it's going to take at least two maybe three years for it to establish um, in some cases up to five years before that you're going to start getting a harvest but once you start getting that harvest it is going to be all the better um, for it being grown in your own garden all right zone six to seven we want to be direct sowing warm weather crops so things like summer squash beans corn sorghum uh winter squash cucumbers all that good stuff right um when soil temperatures are about 60 degrees or warmer and all danger of late frost has passed okay and i've got a top tip to tell you and this is going to apply to other growing zones too so if you sow seeds one week and then wait two weeks and sow another set. You're doing what's known as successional sowing, which means that you will have it in your harvest. So as your um, plants get ready for harvesting, those that you start sowed earlier, they're going to be ready first. And then another two weeks later, your other plants are going to be ready for a harvesting. So by spreading out those sowing times, you're extending your season, you're extending your harvest, which is great. It also means that you're not going to be sort of overloaded in one time like oh my gosh I've got 50 carrots what am I going to do with that no you can you can spread them out a little bit and then you can um harvest them a little bit slower and at a bit more manageable pace um so you can successional sow many varieties of carrots uh, beans beets summer squashes leeks um, lettuce, radishes, spring onions or scallions and even corn up to July in some areas. Um, then after sort of July you can start successionally sowing crops for your fall garden. So you want to be doing that from midsummer through to September. So crops like carrots, lettuce, beets, cabbage, kale, rutabaga, leeks, all the good hearty winter vegetables, right? You can start successionally sowing from midsummer in the garden, right? Which is one of the keys to having a successful fall garden i don't know why like you always see stuff about fall gardens in september by then it's kind of too late if you haven't been um, planting and successionally sowing things in the garden from midsummer so i'm giving you guys a heads up in this episode so you can start thinking about it planning it um, thinking where that fall garden's going to go in in your garden and uh, planning it out in your journal. All right, let's carry on with what else can be going on in zone six to seven. Um, we can be planting tomatoes, peppers, basil, rosemary, cilantro, okra, eggplant and other warm weather loving plants and um, we can even plant out early potatoes and marigolds too melons and watermelons those plants which need much warmer soil temperatures um, should be planted towards the end of may um, and you might even want to hang on until early june for some of those plants depending on um, how your garden grows how much sun that you're getting and where those kind of warm microclimates are 
All right, let's talk about zones eight to nine. Um, you guys can be planting everything else, um, plus sowing beans, planting your main crop potatoes, uh, tomatoes, eggplants, and peppers. And I know I've got friends in zones eight to nine, and they have got beautiful sunflowers growing already that I'm so jealous about because they're already flowering. Um, whereas for, for many of us, we're just starting sowing our sunflower seeds um, outside. So, you know, zones eight to nine, you're kind of more focusing on, on things like pruning, um, deadheading flowers, um, you'll be harvesting things and keep an eye out for, you know, some of those cool weather plants like lettuces and spinach, stuff like that. As those temperatures are getting warmer, you're going to start to see those plants to bolt. Um, so take a look at what's growing and, you know, anything that's starting to run to flower and seed early, maybe pull those out and those that are going to start running to seed a little bit later um, we want to leave those in for seed saving because you know that's that's one of the keys to keeping your gardening gardening costs down and being more sustainable and having a self-reliant garden is seed saving all right zones 10 and above uh, you can be planting out celery, tomatoes, eggplants, and peppers, and you want to be continuing to earth up potatoes, and you'll be doing some of those like pruning activities as well, harvesting stuff, you'll be harvesting a lot more um, in those kind of warmer areas, and you know, probably um, it's going to be getting up to the weather pretty quickly where, you know, most of those kind of tropical plants are going to be coming into their own like Malabar spinach, um, those um, long Asian beans, those kind of plants do so much better in um, those type of areas. All right, let's do um, number six, which is checking your garden for pests and diseases. I know this is probably isn't everybody's favorite, but it's really important to walk through your garden and check it regularly because the sooner that you spot an issue like mildew or leaf spot, rust, or even blight, um, or maybe it's signs of pests like aphids, or it's some cutworm eggs underneath a leaf, or a slug and snail trails and no beans, where you know that you planted beans, <laughs> then the sooner that you spot these issues, the sooner that you can start to take care of the issue. It is much easier to deal with it before it becomes a big, big problem. So take an opportunity to look look around, see what's going on in your garden, because you're going to be able to see what's what's kind of normal um, and what, what starts to look different the more that you get out there and see it. Um, it's also a good opportunity um, to start putting out some pest control measures if you start to see a problem. So for like slugs and snails, for example, I know that they're often a problem in my garden and I will put out like um, parts of a like a half a grapefruit um, that's been eaten, for example, and put it at one end of the garden. I'm going to lure those slugs and snails away from my beans um, and then I'll just kind of um, toss those um, away in the trash um, afterwards or you know if I had the chickens still I would have given them to to the chickens um, but it's, it's a good opportunity to take a look at that and then start setting up some some traps or start treating some plants um, cutting off some of those problem areas or starting to see what is causing some of those um, disease issues and learning a little bit more about it so you can treat it early before it becomes a big problem. All right, last but by no means least is making sure that your watering system is working. 
Not everyone has sprinklers and I get it. I actually water my garden with a watering can to try and conserve water. It's also good exercise, right? Because at least one watering can per bed, so it's about three gallons per bed, is usually what I'm watering um, in the height of summer. Um, so... Um, it's good exercise. I can get right in there around um, the soil level and the base of the plants and I can help to conserve water. But we want to be making sure that your irrigation and watering systems are working properly before the heat sets in. Um, your garden is going to need water for your seeds to germinate and your plants to grow. If you have planted fruit trees in fall or winter last year, then you want to be keeping them on a regular watering schedule to help them get established because that's going to help them um, make it through the heat of the summer and really get some good roots down and then they can start to focus on you know generating food for you um, in the coming years so water is really important for the garden so take some time to see if your uh, irrigation system is working and see what your soil is doing because you don't necessarily need to be watering every single day you know if you kind of put your fingers into the soil where you're growing your plants um, if it's dry then you can uh, water your plants but if it's still a little moist again like a, a wrung out sponge then you don't need to be watering and there's measures that we can take to help conserve water in our gardens mulches one spreading with compost all of these things are going to help retain moisture in your garden and help things grow and flourish that's it for this week's episode i hope you found it useful let me know in the facebook group what gardening tasks are you focusing on this week in may until next time i hope your garden grows beautifully and i will see you all next week